Hey guys, welcome to episode 151 of the JV Club with my guest Jennifer Hale. Could not be a bigger fan of Jennifer Hale as a person and a talented person too. Uh, I'm so excited that she did the podcast. Truth be told, she kind of did the podcast before and we kind of lost the file. Oh, it was something that haunted my dreams. And now I feel all is well and right in the world again because we have this wonderful episode with her. Um, I just adore her. So I welcome you in. I hope you enjoy it. I think it's a really special episode. I would call back the Zelda Williams and Aaron Fitzgerald episodes as references. Uh, if you would like those episodes, I think you will love this episode as well. Uh, I want to get some shout outs in there, guys. I want to uh, acknowledge some Facebooks and some emails. Uh, I want to thank him for sending me a video of a bell choir. This comes on the heels of the Jean Villapique, uh, Villapique episode 150, this last one that I loved. Now I know all about bell choirs, guys. Turns out I love them. Uh, Kendra, thank you so much for, uh, for the do the thing mishmash mashup listen i've never sounded older uh for sending me that i want to thank matt for your suggestion for a guest i'm taking it very seriously i want to thank bruna who is becoming a firefighter your hero i love it uh i want to thank megan for your email nicole for your email claire for your wonderful email and then on facebook for your great 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 notes i want to thank kira i want to thank andrew and Raphael and kate and uh i also need to acknowledge on facebook um, megan megan sent me a link to um uh, some information about three a three-page passage of my favorite book in the world, A Wrinkle in Time, that was never before seen, and um, it couldn't have come at a more amazing moment. Guys, uh, in terms of believing in the universe, boy, I'm turning into a real hippy-dippy because uh, I've had some astonishing things happen lately. So if you're wondering if life has meaning, I think um, it's up to each of you to figure that out, but I will say with certainty right now that it does. And... Um, a lot of that for me is connected to the podcast and all of you. So uh, I thank you. I appreciate you. And um, I am looking forward to uh, going to e- C2E2 this weekend in Chicago with the Thrilling Adventure Hour. I will be doing signings and performances. So if you're going to be there, while you won't see a whole lot of core related stuff, you will definitely uh, have the opportunity to meet me and I hope to meet you. There's other stuff I'm going to do in the future. I think I've listed some of it. I'm going to be um, updating that uh, soon on the next episode. And uh, again, guys, I'm just sending you all the best. What do you think about that? I will uh, talk to you later. Okay, bye. Now entering Nerdist.com. I'm just going to say that I think I just subconsciously put on an outfit that reminded me of something that you would wear, (laughs) like in anticipation of you coming. We do because I just realized as you come in, I'm like, okay, I know that this all is maybe something I could put right on Jennifer Hill, and it would look better on her. No, because it's comfortable. That's the point. But but that's how I feel when because I I remember I told you this, but when I when I first met you, we were in the middle. I was in the middle of doing a panel, and you just kind of flown in, and they just like as happened with these comic cons and flights yeah. and jobs and all of this they just sort of like push you right onto the stage yes. like and here she is everybody yeah. <laughs> it's 30 minutes in here she is everybody so, i got here as quick as i could i, I got here yeah. i'm so sorry i'm late yeah, yeah. and uh and I, I i seriously did that like uh and i mean this in a very positive way because sometimes it's negative but i mean from other people yeah 
because of the culture that's been bred into us as women that disgusts me. But like I, I did like an immediate appraisal of you top to bottom was like, she's amazing. Oh, (laughs) she's amazing. I'm in, I'm in. Do I need to buy something to show that I'm in? Do I need like a ticket? Do I need, is there, should oh I raise my, my hand that I'm in so with Jennifer much. Hale? That's like lovely. I just, because everyone had said to me like, oh, wait till you meet, like you guys are going to, you know, wait till you meet her. She's yeah. amazing. Yeah. And, uh, and I, and of course, like I assumed that that was true, but yeah, it's always nice when, you know, you don't have like a yeah. moment of like, you thought, really? So you thought, <laughs> huh? Because we've had those two yeah. people, right? <laughs> there are, You're like, there are those huh? Original what things. do you think of me that you thought that? Yeah. Really? Okay. Yeah. And you don't want to be so solipsistic and like narcissistic that you right. make the person pick it apart. You don't want right. to be like, no, no. I really need to know what oh, no. is it about. I just Mine don't go too. there. I yeah. go, huh? Thanks. I know. Yeah. You're really. I think oh, you're very lovely. good at. You've you've really mastered the like boundary and filters. <laughs> Thing, I think okay, that everyone who knows me get. really closely is, is spitting uh, coffee out their nose right now. <laughs> I've mastered one level of it, but once you get past a certain level, there's no boundaries and no filter. I see it. Oh my yeah, God. It's a disaster. And I'm working on it. I am. I, it's so funny because, you know, I never realized how much, I think many of us do this. We walk around going, well, doesn't everyone think like this? Yeah. And you're like, uh, oh, they don't. Yeah. You know, I think cause, you know, my husband is incredibly intelligent and he doesn't get that he's incredibly intelligent mm. and he thinks that's silly. And, and I Which go, is, that's pretty adorable. I go, Oh, he's so at adorable. least he's not like, he's a rock arrogant. I, you know? I love him. Um, and, but what I keep saying to him is, babe, you're going to be continually disappointed in people. If you think they have your brain, well, cause they're going to go around yes. doing these things. That you're like, why would they do that? And I'm like, cause they didn't think of the thousand things that you thought of. Right. You know, right, but we right, all right. see things differently. And what's common sense to some of us is like, what? Something that would never occur to yeah. the rest of us. Yeah. You know, it's very interesting. Is that, so is that, so he doesn't, while he doesn't think that he is more intelligent than other people, does he have a complex that he's like, is there, no, no. he just, he, thinks he just, just thinks normal. he's everybody. He thinks he's like, what? Everyone, this is, yeah. a, you know, <laughs> he's incredibly straight up. He's one of the most straight up humans you'll ever meet. Yeah. He's just like, Bleh. You never wonder what he's saying because he just what he's thinking because he just said it. I mean, I I do really enjoy that. (laughs) It's the best. Well, I think that's. I mean, I don't know if that's something. I mean, I don't know about you. I certainly grew up. All due respect to my my sweet and wonderful mother, because you know you sort of just bring whatever you bring in from your past into the way that you raise a family. And I think she really is like a perfect example of doing the best you can with what you have. And also like extenuating circumstances, being my parents divorced and all that kind of stuff when I was like really young and needed maybe more parenting than I got. But she was a silent treatmenter. You know, she was a silent treatmenter. And my dad is like blows up quick and then moves past it. And that's how I am. Like I can't, you know what I mean? And thank God for that. And thank God for people that are around me that are like that because I couldn't respond more poorly to feeling like it's a mystery what's going on with someone, right? I mean, that's in some ways, that's a very strong power play. Mm -hmm. To keep people wondering Mm -hmm. is to throw them off. I and agree. that's that's a very strong power play that I don't execute. I, don't I like agree, it. and it's and it is such a pride thing too, right? I was just mm-hmm. having this conversation with someone. I was saying, you know, at least you know that I'm able to admit when I'm wrong, and I would rather feel embarrassed later about being honest about something that's a feeling that passes, yeah, than 
hide that feeling pridefully, make the other person think it's all on them and avoid having to say, you know what? I feel silly because I was being really sensitive about this thing that I didn't need to be sensitive about. You know, if you can just skip all past that, (laughs) you can stay in control, right? You can stay powerful. Exactly what you just said. Yeah. It's interesting too. And I, you know, it's funny that whole, all the whole, like what's actually a sin conversation and all that comes into it for me at this point, because I think one of the few sins that actually exists is separating people from their gut. Mm. You know, I think that's one of the few sins that's that actually exists. Mouthful. Yeah. Yeah. You know, I think that's, and that's what that does. Yeah. You know, when someone makes something your fault, that's not actually your fault oh and they do it God. consciously. Oh. No, no, no. I mean, we all do it unconsciously. Like, no, you. And then, right. like, oh God, I'm the a-hole. Right. Oh, thank you so much. <laughs> right. <you know>? right. <laughs> but the ones who go out, who really practice it, you know, consciously, I go, okay. But I have a pretty strong radar for that. I don't, I don't play with it. Has that always been the case? Oh, I was raised by someone like that. Uh-huh. So, uh-huh. Yeah, my mother, for all her intelligence and all her accomplishment, did not have a well-developed sense of, or a developed sense of personal responsibility or emotional intelligence mm-hmm. or accountability or <laughs> many things, which is actually a phenomenal place to practice growing up really strong like i was completely decimated by the experience like the scarecrow mm. in the wizard of oz after the monkeys get a hold of him oh you know god what and an then image I spent years putting those straws back together <sighs> and every now and then i hit a patch where there's no straw and i'm like oh yeah oh my god okay can someone please tell me what's normal here <laughs> i don't know what's normal I don't, am i crazy and they're like yeah. no 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 you just never consolidated there let's fix that okay yeah Oh, good. Thank you. Well, and also just, you know, know, the fact that you are able to, I mean, you're using that as a a very specific kind of, I don't want to say metaphor, but to even put, to even give an example where you are, you're saying that you're able to reach out to people who care about you or people you care about or a therapist or anything like that, being able to reach out that way, you know, you could have grown up and and created an environment for yourself that you only relied on yourself and you couldn't well i did trust that as people. well <laughs> i always joke that i'm an island masquerading as a peninsula mm. but um i have been practicing peninsula for a while uh-huh. it's coming along mm-hmm. um and most frequently i would reach out to like a, a therapist someone yeah. who you know and and then you know god help her my sister um who didn't grow up in the same household that's a long story but she's she was my rock for a long time and i know that was really really difficult for her sometimes but it's you know i'm grateful for it every day oh yeah 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 so so you had a sibling that i not to i don't you don't have to trot out the entire story if you don't want to we didn't grow up together yeah though. i was raised as an yeah. only child and then when i was 19 i went and uh, my mom was married to my who i call my dad who is technically my stepdad but he's he and his wife my stepmom are my most functional parents and i mm-hmm. adore them and but they were only married. They were together from the time I was like seven or eight till I was thirteen, and then they split. So and my mom was her particular um, uh, disorder isolated me from anyone else, and yet she couldn't actually bond to me either. Mm. So I was completely isolated. So I was Oof. trained to be an island and yeah. very very good at it. Yeah. You know, which makes you really self reliant yeah. and makes you super resourceful. I remember one time. I was sewing something. I think I was 10 or 12. I was sewing something upstairs in my room and I stuck the needle in the carpet, went to do something, came back and stepped ah. on the needle. Yes, it was not fun. It went into my heel all the way so oh. only a quarter inch of it was sticking out. Oh, God. And there were two parents downstairs, but the way that I was raised, I was like, no, she will get mad. I will not mm. ask. Jen. So I took that thing in my teeth and I pulled that sucker out. 
and I went in the bathroom and I put a little soap on it and then oh I came back and God. I was done. And that, that's just, that was my way, Yeah, you know? And, um, and, and then you, and I think you also start to feel as you get older, like you're doing people a favor by being self-reliant and, and people don't, yeah, like th- there's that moment, that conversation. Cause I've had to have a similar conversation and I feel like I was pretty well taken care of by my dad, but even just having, yeah. you know, being an only child and having parents who worked and stuff, that right. moment where you feel like you're you're like, but hey, I don't need you for this, or I'm sick, I don't need you to take care of me all that. Oh my and, god! And the, the the coming to understand, <laughs> the coming to grips that someone's like hurt that they can't take care of you oh my god, is I like have, the furthest thing oh, in the world away from what your reality oh, was. I have borne that cross <laughs> un- unknowingly and trampled on people's feelings so many times. I've, I've been to the ER like I don't know six or eight times. Uh-huh. I've literally driven myself every single time except for um, once an ambulance took me oh and then i drove myself home or i got a cab i'm sure something. you were apologizing I was like, if you were if you were conscious oh in the ambulance you're probably like i'm sorry to be so much trouble you know i so should funny? be i would be driving would you like me to drive the ambulance oh my god i was i think i was 12 and i had my wisdom teeth cut out and this was quite a while back and the anesthesiologist made a mistake and gave me like either the wrong stuff or the wrong dose of the right stuff. And basically I had an out of body experience oh when I was coming to, I was out of my body and I was oh watching boy. myself in the hospital bed, have convulsions and apologizing. Oh God. <laughs> oh God. Oh God. These <laughs> little, hysterical. all your little sort of like the beads oh that string just, together to form like hilarious. your whole history is it's so like gorgeous. Hilariously pathetic. It's oh, just God. so funny. I had this, I, when I woke up from having my wisdom teeth out, mm-hmm. I also thought I was bawling because I thought the nurse hated me. Oh, I was like, I don't know why she's being so mean to me. Of course, you can't say that because your wisdom teeth are out. No one understands you. Yeah. And like the the emotion of the of, yeah, the anesthesia wearing off or whatever for me, too, was like, I just was convinced. And it was something I held on to. Like, it wasn't something that, you know, the next day I woke up and I was giggling at. I really was like, like when you have a really intense dream about something and it accesses emotions that are very, very real. And you wake up really mad. And you're really mad. Yeah. I have a hard time. I mean, I really (laughs) hang on to that stuff by accident. I don't feel like I'm a grudgy person (laughs) in real life, but with stuff like that, where it's sort of like, it's like teetering on the metaphysical. Those are the ones where I'm like, I just don't know what this means, but I can't let go of it. What is wrong with me? Isn't that so funny? Oh Oh my God. God. That's hysterical. Oh Oh. yeah. So I, I, I found my um, biological father when I was 19 and I was raised as an only child, but it turns out that he, he had uh, remarried a woman who had a daughter who was two years younger than me, and he had adopted her and raised her. And mm-hmm. I, that's my sister. I always joke she got the environment and I got the heredity. Mm-hmm. And then he and that woman had um, a son mm-hmm. who's my, uh, my brother Matthew. And then, um, then my sister's mom and my brother's mom went on to have another daughter, Keelan. She's the baby. And she's not a baby anymore, but I still think of her as the baby. Sure you do. And then when I met my father, I, my father... As far as I knew, he was my mom's first marriage. So we're sitting in the only bar in Goose Bay, Labrador. And he goes, so how's your other brother? Jeez. I was like, what? What? And he goes, well, you know, your mother was married before she married me. I was like, what? And so it was oh this, this hysterical gosh. odyssey of 
okay, let's start this whole process again. Oh, Cause I just found him yeah. and I had to go find my brother, Eddie, who's great. And was there any sort of a rate of diminishing returns of shock after a while? Or did it all just stay the same level of like, what? Uh, you know, I, <laughs> you know what? This is one of the great parts about my mom. No. Yeah. <laughs> it like, was always right. like, what? <laughs> what? You know, she was a, you know, how if you could mit- she carry around so many secrets? I mean, those are secrets. They ate her up They're from the inside secrets. out. She died quite early and drank a lot oh, of wine. God. And now I know why. You know, I mean, why did just- it feel? Why? I mean, I don't know. I mean, not to make you like postulate on on not you, not your thoughts, not your right. heart, but right. Why did it feel important to her? Like, what was it about her that made it so that she couldn't tell you those things? I I have a theory, you know, because I look at life as so much bigger than what we see in Mm. this lifetime. And I believe, do you know what a bodhisattva is? I don't know if I I do. uh, God, please Please tell me. I'm sure there will be letters because I may be totally wrong about this, but what I decided it meant. Well, I love it. I love it. Great disclaimer. (laughs) I'm just going to preface that right there. I'm probably wrong. (laughs) Is a soul that has learned enough and been around enough times that it can sort of graduate and Mm -hmm. go into the, Mm -hmm. you know, infinite radiant is and just go be. Mm -hmm. But instead decides to come back and be kind of an angel on the earth and teach us all, right? So we can all ascend eventually. Yes. And I also believe there are are people who choose to come in as what I call reverse bodhisattvas. Oh, boy. They're the biggest turds <laughs> in so many ways. <laughs> because without them, we can't be good. Yeah. You know, we everything has its place. You and I were yes. just talking about that Like, we, we were never a better United States of America than on September 12th, 2001. Yeah. And we've never been the same since. Yeah. You know, we saw that adversity and we became the best of who we were. And if we could get present to all the tiny adversities that are around us and add up to miles and miles and years and pounds of heartache and heartbreak and devastation and loss that are happening in front of us, like homelessness, addiction, you know, judgment, separation, if we could get present to that loss and experience that in the way we did that one big slam, we would be good. Mm. We would choose the good in ourselves to help people mm. and overcome that rather than pointing fingers and dividing. Right. You know, fear, fear, so. fear, 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 it's, fear, it's, fear. It's also unconsciousness, mm. you know, and I think our, our, I think the way the media is run right now, I mean, honest to God, I believe we're all sort of run by a giant corporate oligarchy. Yeah. Honestly. And, and we don't, I don't, I don't, I've watched the news. I don't even watch the news. When I when it I catches me, I'm like, really? Yeah. <laughs> did Did you not see Anchorman two? Yeah. Did yeah. Did you not see Ron Burgundy start this? <laughs> but really, you think it's serious? Yeah. I mean, you know, certain things happen, but then there's like, it's it's just crazy. People got to just people will wake up when they do and see what there is, and in the meantime, you just do what you can, right? You know. Do you feel? I mean, this is a this is a. I think I know the answer to this, but I'm interested in sharing it with the listeners. And um, but I think that's speaking of sort of finding balances. Like, how much do you like? Where does cynicism exist, and where does hope and optimism exist, and how do you how do you fight in your everyday to sort of do what you can to elevate yourself and hopefully thereby kind of ele- elevating even just the energy that's around you um without 
feeling, you know, depressed that you are kind of not always uh, with a bunch of people doing that at at any given time. You You know, know, I think you do what you can and that's enough today. Yeah. Because that's all you can do. If all you can do is look at one human on the street, look him in the eye and smile and say, hi. You know, whenever I see a, a homeless person, I look him in the eye and I say, hi. Yeah. You know, and I, I have a, an answer that I give when they ask for money. And I trust my gut. Mm-hmm. I go back to my gut. If my gut says this person really needs some cash right now, you know, I will give it to them mm-hmm. if I have it. Otherwise, I just, if I feel like I'm, maybe someone's tam- scamming me a little bit, I'll say, no thanks, already giving. You know, because I am. Yeah. And there's a lot of places I give to. I give a lot. I give whenever I can. Yeah. But yeah, it's easy to get overwhelmed. But when I remember that it's not about me mm-hmm. and my agenda, and if I get, when I get quiet and listen to my gut, then the little tiny action I can take is in front of me. And sometimes it's just being present with the people I'm with and dropping back into my own body. I know when I drop into anger and resentment and judgment and, you know, blah, 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 in my head about somebody. It's like, that's, that's what I have to take care of first. Right. I have to go back to zero. Just get to zero. I don't have to get to, I love everybody because some right. days that ain't happening. Right. But <laughs> just get to zero. Yeah. Just go to zero and let it be. How yeah. do you, this is, again, I, I'm, I love asking you these like huge overarching <laughs> questions that are like, how could you ever be expected to answer I don't know. Them? I just don't know. <laughs> but I guess, I mean, that's like, these are strictly my opinions, not uh, the opinions of the universe. We will have a very uh, lengthy disclaimer at the end. Uh, side effects of this podcast. May include. Um, no, I just, I'm wondering, um, because of, you know, what you experience, this kind of chaos, oh, which by the way, uh, let me just put it into a, a physical, uh, a locational geographical context where we're, where were you, an only child who wasn't really an oh only child? Oh, my gosh. I started life in Goose Bay, Labrador. I am Canadian and American. And then I went to Massachusetts for a minute, Montgomery, Alabama, Birmingham, Cincinnati, Ohio, back to Birmingham, commuted to Atlanta back and forth, and then moved to L.A. Mm. Yeah. Does any one of those places besides L.A. feel like it's got a home? Home for, for me or? is where I'm standing and where my man and my kid are. Yeah. That's home. Yeah. You know, and you know where my animals are. You know, that's home. Yeah. You know, home is everywhere. I, f- I honestly feel like, you know, home is the world. There's so much to do all over the world and there's so much to see. And I want to live in other parts of the world too. I've got yeah. a little scheme going for that. Too, so. <laughs> Pyramid scheme. Oh, and as if you could just send $30 <laughs> in. Uh, <laughs> right? No, no, I'm good. I'm actually uh-huh. doing it. I got it handled. Well, yeah. when, did, so, so with all of that kind of, if you don't, if you'll pardon me using the term chaos, so you can correct me if it feels oh, like no, it, it was wasn't chaos. chaotic. It was like a war zone. Yeah. yeah. What, where, when, can you sort of isolate when you started having this kind of understanding about your path and having this understanding and trying to move towards acceptance of things that you couldn't change and all that kind of stuff. Like, do you have those sort of touch points where you can sort of think like, well, I really didn't have it together at blank age. Oh, this thing happened. Or, you know, I met this person who kind of taught me about blah, blah, blah. I don't know that I'll ever have it together. Mm -hmm. I mean, you know, I think I'll spend my life putting it together because I, I think I've said to, I was, with the horse vet this morning and he's well-versed in many kinds of science, different kinds. And, um, I said, you know, I'm, I'm suspect of anyone who thinks they know how it all works. Right. You know, 
I, you know, when I was... Well, that's the idea, of too, of, like, you're not... You, the more you know, the less you understand. Exactly. And there's of. this great... Uh, again, I'm probably misquoting, but what I remember, anyway, is that <laughs> it's... Um, I think it's Buddhist. Uh-huh. Maybe it's Taoism, or maybe really it's, like, the candy it. store. You're really selling yeah. it. You um, are my mentor. <laughs> um, is that there's this concept of be, be nothing, and if and, and I remember reading that the first time, I think it was like nineteen or twenty, and I was like, I was offended by it. I was like, mm. oh, I'm gonna be, so, I am something. You know, my ego was just going nuts about sure. it. And as I've gotten older, I'm like, yeah, be nothing, be no thing, and because the other half of it is, be nothing, and in being nothing, you can be everything. Yeah. And I'm like, if I am only a this, then I can't do that, or people think I'm not this, mm-hmm. or if I'm a that, then I can't be that. But if I surrender and I am nothing. I can move through anything, anywhere, and be anything. Almost sounds you like know? a superpower. It's it is like a superpower, yeah. right? Yeah, yeah. So it's um, but let's see. The first the first sort of touchstone of sanity I think I had, you know, having and even just what what did you escape into? And I don't mean that in a you weren't dealing dog with stuff. in the woods. Yeah, I used to go sit outside. I had this little fort that I made. I think it was about nine. And I was not a kid who had friends. I had <laughs> no friends. <laughs> oh, well, you were moving and you had uh, a mother was who was sort of crazy. like, you're not allowed I, to. In the house I was in, I was probably a little crazy. Yeah. I was probably a little weird. Yeah. I've always been the weird kid, the nerd kid. Yeah. I just get used to it and yeah. I embrace it and I don't worry about it too much. You know, it's like, oh, well, that's me. Now I get paid for it. Mm-hmm. <laughs> <laughs> I know. Listen, the mutual yeah. inherit, etc. Right? Yeah. And uh, yeah, I, I think that that book headed off by one letter. I think it's The Geek Shell Inherit. The Geek Shell Inherit. There you go. <laughs> there um, you go. Yeah, but I used to go sit outside. So I made this fort out of like, they felt like big logs to me. So at nine, who knows? Sticks. It was like this little sort of a Lincoln Logs kind of a structure that I made that I would climb up over the top of and drop oh, inside God, of and I literally sit in the corner by myself. Secret and childhood spaces. By myself. Self and stay out there. Uh, it was awesome, and I hung out with my dog, and I read, yeah. you know. And I had this god awful list of nicknames, but so that was one of my touchstones. Having my dad come into our lives, even for a minute, was incredibly stabilizing because mm. um, there had been nobody before that that I could remember. I'm fairly certain. I know my grandmother and my biological father were stabilizers for like the first 18, 20 months, but. Let's see, my, my first boyfriend's mom, Jane, is still a dear friend, oh, and she was that. a haven of um, sanity and, and peace. She how, was into meditation way back. How old were you when you had your I was first 14. boyfriend? 14. Okay. And so you would spend a lot of time over there? Yeah, as much of... as I could without my mom getting really mad mm-hmm. and jealous. Mm-hmm, yeah, and, mm-hmm. um, and then my mom's best friend, Maggie, she would just show up every now and then. I'd be like, oh, you're sane. Okay, oh. you know, and then when I moved to California, it was it was a tough year because I had been top of the market in Birmingham and then Atlanta before I moved out here, and I knew I was going to eat dirt for a little <laughs> while, and it was just a tough process of eating sure. dirt. Yeah, and God, at least you knew it though. I mean, yeah. that's the well. I know the coming I've here and just ha- and just feeling like. So yeah, since I was in high school, I'd been in the, you know, like yeah. I'd been working as an, you know, or getting jobs as an actor since high school. So I was like, okay, I know how this works. Mm-hmm. And, um, you know, so I'd save money, but still wasn't enough. I had to lie to get the waitressing job, the whole thing. Mm-hmm. <laughs> I wonder how many people shocking. tell the truth oh, in their first few jobs. It was a you know lot of I mean? survival. Like, how do you? Yeah, absolutely. So and I- also like if you knew you were capable, mm-hmm. sometimes it does become like, listen, uh. the, the lie is just the 
the truth you need to hear, oh my which gosh. is going to lead to the same result, right. which is I, that I'm capable. I was server trainer within six months. I was yeah, training there everyone. You go. I'm like, I know how to do this. Yeah. <laughs> yeah. Know? And oh my gosh, it beat the hat making job. I worked for this milliner oh, and she wow. paid me cash under the table for $6 an hour. Oh my. I would sit over my sewing machine and make these hats. I would do this actual sewing of these hats. It would end up at like Fred Siegel and other places, but it would hurt my back so much. Oh, I literally God. had to get someone to stand on my back and crack uh-huh. the whole thing. And mm-hmm. then I could go back to the machine for like another 30 minutes. It was just oh. like, okay, I need to do something different because this is painful. Uh, you know? Yeah. yeah. It was fascinating. But, and I think coming out here to the left coast, the West coast, where people were more open-minded and more spiritual and some of the weird stuff that's always been with me since I was a kid, but I never discussed or more openly discussed in terms of the metaphysical stuff. You know, it's, yes, it opens up a whole closet of neurosis and, you know, (laughs) self-involvement that I'm sure is nauseating to be around. And thank God I managed to pass through that phase Uh with the grace of some very Uh kind people who were like, really? (laughs) Get your head out of your backside, you know? (laughs) And and more than two or three good therapists, you know? It's just, I don't know, you know, it sounds so like hard knock, blah, 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 but you know, the fact is there are people out there with it much worse Mm. and people going through every different kind of hell. And I think I was lucky enough to have the tools and be able to find the tools to get to the other side, which I think gives a great responsibility to be sane and kind and, and lead as best you can. I mean, I think it's great that you were able to have a dog. I was just thinking about you and horses, like how, I mean, you could, it could have been a situation where like you couldn't even have a dog potentially. (laughs) Uh Oh, here we go. (laughs) (laughs) Whoops. I guess my gut was telling me something about that, that there was a story behind it. Oh my God. So I come home from camp one summer when I was 12 and Girl Scout camp as you see, this is how dorky it gets was the only place I ever had fun. Cause I went with, you know, just on my own to camp and I went to every session that I don't know how my parents and my, I think my grandmother contributed and, you know, I was able to go for like the whole summer and, and God, I, what an escape. It was, it was amazing. It was amazing. Well, some kids are like, I don't want to go. I know. I'm like, I don't want to go home. Yeah. Uh, I mean, hi. Uh, you know? <laughs> and so I remember, oh God, I came home from camp the last summer that I was going to go. And I came home to find out that literally in the same day, my, my parent, my mom and my dad sit me down and, and well, my mom just says in passing, actually, she didn't, she just said, um, so we're moving to Birmingham oh, I we're living God. in Cincinnati. And I was like, Oh really? She goes, and dad is moving to DC. And I was like, what? And so I digest that pill oh, God. and I was like, where's the dog? She's like, and the dog passed away. <laughs> I mean, it was just, I was 12. It was just epic. I was like, oh God. Maybe I was 13. I think I was 13. I mean, I don't know. I was epic. It was just, I was just like, uh, you know, and I didn't ever cry in front of my mom because Mm. it was just not a, not something I chose to do. And I was just like, I need to go upstairs, you know? Oh, oh God. God. Oh, I'm so sorry. Here I'm like, the one good thing is you had a great dog companion. No, I mean, it's it's oh, so funny. Geez. It's just, it is what it is. You know, it's, I believe that, at, again, I don't know if it's the Buddhist or the Taoist of any store, <laughs> but you know, they say you pick your parents, you pick the family you're born into for what it can teach you, mm. you know? And I believe that our souls and our spirits and, and the real truth of who we are is so much bigger than just what we see and talk about here, it's like, it's okay. 
You know, it's yes, it's sad as shit. Some, excuse me, I just swore. Sorry. Can you be? Oh, out? it's really it's okay. Very I sad think I probably sometimes. cursed like eight times. Yeah, but. but I mean, you know, everyone's got stories like that. Right. I could reverse this on you, and you got some stories like that. I, I know some that. Stories, yeah. You know, that's why when people come up to me at cons, and you know, because of a couple of the characters I've done, especially in games, you know, I've had one or two people or a few people come up and say, you know, you saved my life. You know, this character, you saved my life, and I. My first thought is like it wasn't just me; it was a giant team of people, and and, yeah. and there was writers and all that's these. How and I the feel. director worked her butt out, you know. And but like, you, I try to be an ambassador, and that's what I you do. are. That's and the I, word I, that like I've been able to drop into yes. my brain in moments like that, yeah. where I want to protest. Yeah, but you can't. and that's not what anyone wants. You have to Nobody be they yeah, they want they want you to just take it in. Don't and, you feel like a jerk when you compliment someone? They go, "Oh no, no, yeah, it's like, no, just receive." So I receive the yeah. compliment, yeah, and then I go back to them and I go, "What are you doing now?" Mm. You know, go do something good. Mm-hmm. And that's where volunteering was literally a lifesaver. I remember back in, gosh, it was before I started working out here. I think it was 93, 92. I was having a God awful day. I was just, life was, you know, you know, objectively a little tough at that moment. Mm. And, um, I was just really sorry for myself that day and feeling really depressed and crappy. And I went out and volunteered. I was like, I just have to get out of the house. I got to get out of my own head. And I went down and washed dishes at Project Angel Food for like mm. three and a half hours. And I left feeling like a rock star. I was like, what is this? I, I feel like amazing. Yeah, you know? And yeah. then, when was it? It was 2006. I had gone to my first con in New Zealand. And then I went on to Vanuatu and had some great adventures traveling alone there. Oh, that's so great. And then I got back to LA and I was like, oh, I've got that pit again. Yeah. You know, and I had all these singing sessions with Andre um, 3000 for a show we were working on that got bumped. So I suddenly had two weeks of open space on my calendar, which never happens. Mm-hmm. And so I was like, I'm going to go on a volunteer trip. And I ended up in Thailand teaching English. Didn't speak oh a word of Thai. And so 10 days amazing. later, literally 10 days from the minute they called me, I was like, all right, yeah. I'm going to go. Yeah. And I, I mean, there's like hours of stories about how I even got there. It was like, okay, I did it. Uh-huh. You know, I'm illiterate in this country and oh, I made wow. my way around and I, I don't even know how to make a phone call. Uh-huh. You, know, it's like, you don't even think about that stuff. You're yeah. like, I know how to call Thailand from America, not yeah. from Thailand. You know, yeah. stuff like that. You're like, uh-huh. But it, but you, you had to have gotten to a pl- to to be in a place where maybe I'm wrong, but to be in a place where you were a- you were able to do that and be I mean even though what you described doesn't sound like you know the most inexperienced to be able to I mean when that when something like that was happening were you already a point in your life where you felt like you were surrendering up to the idea that you were being taken care of in some bigger way or not. were you like no. relying on yourself like I, I can do this I can all have little, to control this when I was little that whole thing or no when you part? by the time you sort of would do something like do this trip that oh. some people would go you're crazy what do you mean you're yeah. gonna do that no, no, I was very aware it, it, you know even when I was little I had this weird sense from time to time I would have a very strange sense of being taken care of you know I couldn't see them I couldn't you know and you know maybe it was just the way I coped I don't know but I don't think so um and um you know and at one point I even remember sort of getting a postcard from myself 20 years later god I'm so on board for that I can't even tell you like the, the older I get the more I have this really very strong sense and i'm sure i mean listen i'll probably lose listeners for this this will be like the thing where people are like nope you just went over the edge <laughs> Toodaloo, crazels judge not judge not but i feel like i feel like there's more slipping around in time than any of us are willing to accept i feel like 
I feel like I'm remembering things that haven't happened yet. And it doesn't mean like I'm, I'm a psychic who's like, I deja vu. I da da da. There's this feeling of connection, right? This feeling of of connectivity where I, I feel like I'm touching in with my 16 year old self. And when I was 16, I felt that, but I didn't know that's what it was. And so everything starts to sort of, I mean, I don't know, Jen, I don't know, but I'm telling you, I am perfectly willing to say that's science. I don't, we don't understand. Is time sequential or is it parallel? We don't know. And I don't, that doesn't have to be about like a guy with a beard and a white robe making the earth. That is about who fucking knows. Right. See, I think How Star some Wars. of this stuff that we can't see or t- you know all of the things when you look back at the at, at what was quote unquote science would, that was then proven it's to be laughable. like guess what this is what we thought we oh were positive that the entire solar system revolved around the Earth like I, I was talking about this this morning to the vet and I said look you know I'm not going to wait for science to catch up and prove to me that what I know is what I know. <sighs> You know, it's what my gut tells me. And I was given this gut. Yeah. This gut and I are going to live together my whole life. So I'm going to honor it and go with what it says. Because yeah. usually it doesn't get me into trouble. And pretty much every single time I've either had a concussion, bad marriage, you know, who knows? It was because I didn't listen to my, you know, I was yeah. polite or, oh no, you can't or self-dismissive, which is something that as women, I think we battle even more than men. Mm-hmm. You know, it's very... It's, you know, and, and I have done, oh God, I, I go with stuff. I'll go with my gut on stuff. And then I will frequently spend months freaking out going, was that right? Was that right? Is that my, and then boom, I'm proven right. Yeah. You know, and, but I spent months torturing myself, doubting myself in the interim. Well, you know what? I don't want that for you, but I will say that for, <laughs> for when, for when you, for, for someone listening to this and by the way, for me as well. And I said, I feel like I said this a lot with Erin Fitzgerald too, and her yeah. sort of um, embracing of the hue and kind She's of amazing. finding that, you know, focusing, always working towards getting to that centered place. Um, anytime you're, we, we can hear someone like you say, and by the way, I did follow my gut and I still wasn't sure if I was right. And oh. then until I, until that came to fruition is helpful because you know, I think when you look, when you're on the outside looking in, if you feel like you're a person who's really far away from that, which I have been at points in my life, yeah. I feel I'm really getting closer to that, yeah. um, trusting of myself. Uh, but it is certainly a process and it's certainly a, a muscle I will have to continue exercising over and over again. But is this, you know, you sort of look at it like enviously from the outside and go, Oh, she she's able to listen to her gut and then she's proven right and then her life is just hunky dory no, opposed it's to who's a who. yeah have you have you read Horton yeah yeah who? that's great your gut is the tiniest little who going yeah you know <laughs> and the rest of the world and yeah. all the voices in your own brain are the ones going boil that dust speck boil that dust speck and you're like no no there's some validity really yeah okay it's and, you so know, hard and it's, it's sometimes it is. It's, it's a years really of a gap hard. you know yeah like I knew moving out here I knew. Pursuing a voice acting career was, I just knew in my gut something was going to work out. Yeah. And I had people saying to me, oh, you know, come back, little Sheba, come back here. You were doing so great here. Mm-hmm. And are you crazy? You know, you're not so, you know, you know you're not a teenager anymore. You got to do a real job, you know, all that stuff. Right. And just going, I just know. Yeah. I just know I have to go here. That's what I know. I love that. And I, and I want to bring music into this because I know how important it is to you. It's very mm-hmm. important to me too. And, and say, um, like I, while I haven't pursued a career in music per se, I can say for myself that 
that is a place where I feel very close to my gut without really being able to put my finger on how or why music and singing stuff like that feels very pure. And it feels like it creates the sort of bubble where Mm -hmm. I'm somehow more protected from all the crazy stuff that gets thrown at me that I might second guess or whatever. Do you feel that way about it? I totally feel that way. I can totally get that. You know, I'll never forget. I was, I think I was 22 and I'd been singing in clubs since I was 15, and my voice was in amazing shape at, by that point. My ear was really developed by that point. And I remember thinking to myself, you can't stop doing this. Mm. You're really good at it. And for someone who is, is completely unconfident, consumed by self-doubt as I was, that was the weirdest thought I'd ever had. Mm. I'm really good at what? Who said that? Who said, who said that? that? <laughs> Kill her. You know? <laughs> Boil that dust speck, you know? <laughs> And I, oh my God. And I remember though, making an economic decision going, acting is paying me quite well. Mm -hmm. And I got to, I got to go with that because, you know, money is security. And I've always, my stepdad, my dad used to call me the little capitalist piglet because I was always aware of money because I, I could pick up on the fact that it, it, you know, it's the major medium of exchange in our society. It's security, it's power, it's safety. Mm-hmm. You know, and knowing and understanding and having a handle on that, you know, are, is a really powerful thing. So I've been studying it since I was a little tiny kid. And I was like, well, you know, tiny kid being, you know, 10, 12 years old. Right. Well, I need to, I need to do that instead. Mm-hmm. And it's, I've really recently come to this epiphany. I've, I've embraced my entrepreneurial self. I've got like this crazy, like I'm in, investigating some business stuff on the side that I'm having a blast with. Mm. And... I love that that's lighting up parts of your brain that you can, you know, identify as being present and different than other parts. That's the thing. Mm. Like if I go, oh, I'm only an actress, you know, then I can't be a singer or I can't be a business person or I can't, you know, be a teacher or I can't be blah, blah, blah. You have to be no thing. No, I am nothing. Therefore, I can do whatever I want. Yeah, (laughs) absolutely. Absolutely. Yeah. I mean, but one of the things that that's making me realize is I made a choice. I made a choice that I can only be creative if it brings me money. Mm. But now that I'm moving my money focus over, I mean, my creativity, thank goodness, is still doing. I was going to say, you're it's, the last person I'm worried about. Like, but you know, you, you know. get you get like, oh gosh, you know, am I gonna? But then I realized, wait a minute, I can actually take time out of my day and say no to this little chunk of things, not those because they still are great to me and paying me right. well and it's a lovely experience, but the ones that are kind of like, oh, do I have right. to do that? Right. I can say no. I'm going to do this artistic thing over here, whether it's writing or painting or singing or, you know, working on trying to play the damn guitar um, <laughs> that don't make me a penny yeah, because they just make me happy. Yeah. You know, there's a real freedom in that. That's yeah. Like, Whoa. Well, I think that's, I mean, that's, again, we uh, talking all, always talking, especially with you about balance, always mm. feeling like feeling mm. the presence of that so strongly, but you know, I think I was very similar to you, and I love that. I love that any opportunity to be like, you guys, I know she's rad. You're also, amazing. I find I very much You're like rad. her. I find I very much like her. <laughs> you are uh, rad. You know, Tend, Look I'm at awesome you. too. Uh, you yeah, are yeah. so rad. Stop it. Stop it. But, true. you know, I'm taking the compliment. It. I'm taking the compliment. Yes. Thank you. Mm-hmm. But but I, my, relationship to a- my relationship to acting yeah. was your relationship to singing, which was I knew I loved it, and I'd done it my whole life, and I knew I was going to, you know, study it and pot- potentially get a degree in it, but I also had this very strong awareness that um, was overly practical for a young creative person, which was I, I got into schools that offered me financial aid for great theater programs. And I was like, I didn't 
quite articulated this way, but it was like, do I want the stress of money to be tied to this passion yeah. right now? Which is a is that that doesn't mean forever, you know what I mean? But Very there is thing. something to, you know, where when this goes for you guys listening, no matter how old you are, wherever you are in your life, I think that's a constant conversation that you can be having with yourself and it deeply involves your gut, in fact is dictated by your gut, which mm-hmm. is how much of this safety do I need and how closely tied can it be to my passions? And there may be times in your life where they can be intrinsically tied and inextricably yeah. linked. Yeah. And there may be times where it's important for your mental well-being and your emotional well-being for you to keep them very separate. Yeah. If you're in the, pro- if you're an accountant right now, but you love doing theater on the side, but you don't want to have the association with money, yeah. then don't do it. And then mm-hmm. if you get to a point in your life where you've, you've socked some money away and you realize that, you know, the thing that's going to make you happiest is to start leaning into that more yeah. than do that. But yeah. I think it's okay. That's a really difficult question, right? Especially in a culture where we have the good fortune of being able to even ask it, right? which is, do I do what I love for a living? And what is that? And is it okay if what I really love isn't what I'm doing for a living? Yeah. You know, it's easy for us to say, because we're still in an industry where, you know, somebody who's, you know, doing I don't know what but like somebody who's doing something that's so far off from what we're doing yeah would say oh please yeah please you're doing your path you're still living your passion and that's not untrue but even within the microcosm of living in the, in the in that in that sort of world yeah um it's like do I do you know does the does the commercial actor who's you know advertising for Kmart who's asking themselves a lot of questions about how they feel about Kmart as a corporation right and they're making their living more doing that than right. doing you know a, a friend's new play that pays right. them nothing right that person will say oh no 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 trust me I'm right. not doing my passion for yeah. a living well I th- and I think you have to divide up the pie as well if the, if the whole pie is you know Know, professional actor there's you know a giant chunk of that pie that is the business side of it which is you know agents managers pictures websites blah 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 there's a huge portion of that pie which is work for free on jobs you may not love in other words audition mm-hmm. every day mm-hmm. there's another chunk of that pie which is work for money on jobs you may or may not like mm-hmm. and then there's a little piece of that pie left where you go do the work i love You know, which is you're on set, it's going well, you're having a blast, it's all clicking. You're doing your friend's show. You know, you're doing a reading for somebody of a Mm -hmm. screenplay. But that's just a small piece of the pie of, yes, I am an actor. Mm -hmm. There's so much other stuff you got to do just to get by. And then it it just, and I I don't think you, you know, I think to be rigid about it is to fight the flow Mm -hmm. too. You know, it is what it is on any given day. Right. You know, I I will sometimes go back to my old high school, which was a fine arts high school in Alabama, and I will give them what I call the pour cold water on their dreams talk, <laughs> you know, oh, no. which is, you know, oh. agents, managers, business stuff, taxes, man, money, yeah. you know, because they're all, you know, they're all like 17, 18 and younger. And I go, look, you're going to have to feed yourself when you walk out of these doors. Look around you. This theater that you're in is the nicest thing you're ever going to work in again. You know, except for the point zero 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 one percent of you that may end up in a show on Broadway. Right. The nicest place you'll ever act in again. You know, enjoy it. And but I tell them, find a way to make some money that's doesn't make you miserable. Right. Maybe it doesn't make you happy, but guess what? You're not entitled to that. In fact, you're entitled to nothing. Get that through your head right now. Right. You're entitled to well, walk down the street maybe. 
you know, (laughs) without incident. That depends. Some days you're not, you know? Yeah. Just, you know, you can walk and talk and pee on your own and everything else is gravy. God, it's so, but but yeah, that's so tough because it's sort of the, that flies in the face in some ways Mm -hmm. of this sort of idea of, you know, dream it to be it or sort of, you know, like that, like, well, listen, if you secret yourself into the situation where you're lying in your bed at night fantasizing about cashing a $50,000 check for some painting mm. you've painted. Yeah. How how does that play into entitlement and humility and they're and do you know what I mean? To me they're totally oh, different. We'll talk about that because I that's, that's what pops into in my creation. Head. That's you have every right to manifest and create. You have a right. It's not an entitlement. Yeah. You have a right to try. Oh, that's great. That's you have great. A right to try. Well said. You know, you have a right to do anything. And look, I'm a person who shoots for the stars. Yeah. Like I, this life I've had so far is great and amazing and I love it. And there's so much more I plan to do. Right. Like so much more. Yeah. (laughs) You know? And, you know, I mean, there's a difference. Like being entitled to me means someone needs to give me this Mm -hmm. and this should be easy. Mm Mm-hmm. Having a right to means I get to make this vision and then I get to show up every day, every day, every day and work towards it. Mm. I have totally every right to do that. Yeah. You know, there's a great book called The Slight Edge, which is about that. It's about just showing up every day a little bit, a little bit, a little bit, a little bit, hmm. and then you're there. Hmm. You know, and people the will make slight fun edge. of you. The Slight Edge. Jeff Olson. It's a great book. Um, but like I'm a big believer in, I remember in 1994, I think. Maybe something like that. I moved into an apartment that was the size of the whole apartment was the size of this room that we're in. Mm -hmm. And, um, I got out a Trader Joe's bag, turned it inside out. Um, so it was just brown paper and I wrote a list. I, I was gripped with anxiety that it was all going to go away because I'd started working on my first series and I was like still waiting tables at a restaurant because I was just scared it was all going away because I, I wasn't even allowed to watch cartoons as a kid. Right. I didn't know what I was doing. Talk about uh, not having a sense of entitlement. That's the opposite, <laughs> right? It's for, all, for those of us who are like, right. when is this going to go away? When right. is this going to go away? Right. Which is its own kind of virus we in a way, you know? Yeah. yeah. You know, it's just another builds character. Yeah. Um, and I sat down with that piece of paper and I wrote out on it like 10 or 12 things that I wanted. And I, I had just read Shakti Gawain's book, Creative Visualization. And I wrote them out in the present tense, you know, as if they'd already happened with black Sharpie. And then I took like a candle, I did it by candlelight and then I burned the edges of the paper. Didn't start a fire, which is amazing. Uh-huh. <laughs> yeah, Hung it up on my wall uh-huh. and I moved a few months later and I rolled it up and stuck it away in my new place. And I lived in that place for five years, never hung the thing up, hmm. went to move out. And I was like, what is this? And I rolled it out. I had everything. <gasps> Do you remember? Can you say now what you it know, was? Uh, ex, you know, I forget. It was like I'm a regular on uh, two to three series, uh, cartoon series per year. I guest on two to three others a month. I have, you know, I forget how many commercial campaigns running. I'm in great shape. I have a horse. You know, just silly things like that, you know? I don't and mean I, I don't think it was that silly, but was, I hear yeah, you. Yeah. I had everything on the list. Oh, and, boy. And it was Not crazy. lovely. Yeah. And I, so I'm a big fan of what I call set it and forget it. Um, oh, I like is, that. You, okay. like, you put your vision out there and it, whenever you, I feel like when you attach yourself to how mm-hmm. you muck up the works, mm-hmm. which and yeah, then, if you're checking in with that list every single day and sort of beating yourself up for that progress of like, what, what did I do to get me myself towards that today? What are the five things? Well, and here's the fine line. You have to take a small positive action toward it every day. 
but you got to separate that action from the result. Mm, okay. That's the fine, that's the mm-hmm. funny dance. Like, mm-hmm. well, I want to be like, for those people out there who want to be a working voice actor, I want to be a working voice actor. Did I meet an agent? No, did it, that's not in your control. Right. What's in your control? Go read out loud for 10 minutes. Mm-hmm. That's in your control. Go do that. You pick the things that are in your control and you just do a couple every day. Mm-hmm. And then you go, you, and, but you also connect with that vision, close your eyes and experience what it feels like to be in that room, not what it feels like that you're not in that room right now. Mm-hmm. Do you know that you get the difference? Yes, yes. Don't do that because that's just shooting yourself in the foot. Yeah. Close your eyes and just daydream. Pretend like you're four and go, I'm a voice actor or I'm a fireman and it's yeah. so awesome. Because you know? <laughs> there's this crazy book by Napoleon Hill, Think and Grow Rich. It was written eons ago. Oh, sure. You know, he interviewed what, 500 of the most successful people on the planet for 20 years. Mm-hmm. And he came down to this one phrase, thoughts are things. Mm-hmm. They were visualizing back then. Yeah. That's how they created empires. Yeah. They didn't worry about how because they had people for that just pretend you have people for that yeah but you show up and do the little footsteps you can yeah you can't just go i imagined it so it's going to happen and i'm going to sit in my apartment and play games all day right that's not going to happen either right you know just listen to yeah and imagine imagination and and sort of visualization can't take the place of work yeah they have to go co- it's like at, look to athletes mm-hmm. i mean look to, you know usain bolt i'm sure saw himself winning that thing and kicking everybody's butt a million times i, mm-hmm. I don't know but you know it, most athletes, well, he sure as hell probably yeah. wasn't visualizing not doing that. Or beating himself up because he hadn't yet. Right. You know, I right. don't know, but that's not going to help. I know that when I climb, if I am trying to make a move that is, I, I just, I have prejudged is out of my capacity and I'm like, I'm really hard on myself. I'm never making that move. Right. But if I shut my mind up, my chatty, useless mind, if I shut that thing up, when I shut it up and when I just picture my body making the move and then I just breathe and I shut all thought out and I just go, I get a lot closer and a lot of the time I actually get it. Yeah. You know? Boy, I will say, because I want to get into the smash game now, um, okay. which by the way, yes. well, we can talk about that offline, but um, <laughs> uh, I, I want to say quickly that I love, and I think this probably, you, I'm sure that you can draw a parallel with, with working with horses too oh, because yeah. um, that's not something that I have any experience with, but certainly the idea of how much exercise that you love ends up being this amazing symbol and metaphor for the rest of your life and your emotional presence and feelings and state is so remarkable to me. Like every type of exercise I partake in and I want to get more into rock climbing with you, but you know, my association with playing tennis versus my associations when riding my bike, I, it is so, it's not something you even have to try to think about. It really is like, oh, I like doing hill work because I like pushing myself and seeing what that goal is and knowing what's on the other side and knowing it's a release and knowing I get to coast for a second, but then I got to go right back Mm -hmm. up into the next hill. For me, that's more important than riding flats, you know? Um, And, and, and exactly what you just said about sort of like, you know, you didn't have to reach, so to speak, you guys, but you didn't have to reach for that (laughs) metaphor. It's right in front of you because that's a way that you're connecting with your body on a regular basis. And it's amazing how much that muscle memory also deeply impacts your psychological, like your choices and your gut and all of that kind of stuff outside of those, outside of those pursuits. Yeah. 
yeah, you know, you're absolutely right. And, and how, and, and does that kind of tie in with, with horses? Cause that's, I mean, I sort of have a sense of oh, that yeah. with mean, people who are, who, who horses, are into horses. Horses are one of the most great, they're one of the most powerful mirrors and teachers out there. Mm. They are walking mirrors, you know, they're prey animals. So they think completely differently than we do. If I remember one day my, my, I have, I had two Mustangs for a long time and then Tibbetts passed. He was totally one of my soulmates. I love that horse. Mm. And, um, one day he was just acting really, he was tense. Mm. And I was like, what is, he's not cooperating. He's, and I realized I was in the worst mood, but mm. I was trying to pretend like I was happy. <laughs> and he was like, what are you doing? Yeah. He was like, you, some things, this is not lining up for me at all. So that was a great teacher of, you know, don't do that. You yeah. Know, you don't have to be a turd about it, but right. be real about where you're at. Right. You know, be, be straight up. And, and there, it's very interesting. Like I'm a very direct person and horses taught me to calm down mm. and, you know, sit back and let someone else have an opinion, oh <laughs> which God, the people I who know me very it. well are laughing their butts off right now. <laughs> <laughs> so. Well, no, I mean, I think that's what has kind of kept me off of horses, which I think is really interesting, which is like, that is that is a surrender of control being on a horse is a surrender of control. That is pretty much, I mean, no, it is unlike anything else I can think of because I'm on a bike. I'm in charge of the bike. Now, of course the bike could like flip or whatever, (laughs) you know, that could happen, but I don't have to worry about the bike's mood. I don't have to worry about my relationship and energy exchange with the bike. Mm -hmm. Certainly if you know, I'm in a car, it's like all of that stuff, but like being on an animal, that Very is more different. powerful than you that is going that animal and you and what you create between the two of you what exists between you two which is mm-hmm. like this third thing mm-hmm. that's going to be what determines the experience that you have it's true it's very intimidating for someone who likes to be in control yeah and and you have to lead as well yeah. but you can't you can't dominate you right. have to lead right it's a very different thing Ay, yeah. Ay. Oh, yeah. Jennifer Hale. <laughs> Damn. Jennifer. So, so inspiring. Um, all right. So I'm going to do this mash game. I'm, I'm going to come up. I, some of these um, are, are slightly familiar to me based on a mash game we played in the past. Uh, Which I've forgotten. Some so of it's them good. Are, yeah. Day for me. Yeah. I, and by the way, there's, I already have things crossed out, so I can't oh. remember what the category was. Okay, I only good. know what answers were. Good. Okay, Maybe good. we'll do like a weird combo of me trying to remember the last <laughs> one and this one. Um, okay. But I will for sure start with, I'm sure I did this before, but I definitely definitely want to start with three books that you can jump into and just exist and they're real places and you can be with the characters as much or as well as you want but there there are these places that you can experience firsthand three books that i can live inside Mm -hmm. of from any time in your life you know could be from childhood could be from recently uh winnie the pooh amazing um the hunger games um, Great. I'm going to think because I don't want to be flip about this. You can edit this thinking part out. I could. <sighs> but maybe this is the time that everyone else <laughs> wants to think about what they would say. And I barely remember this book, but The Wind in the Willows just came Aww. back to me. Yeah. Uh, well, and any horse story I ever read. So. Well, yes. Yes, of course. <laughs> okay. Here's a question that came up for me just based on what you were talking about earlier that I know I didn't know anything about. But imagine that you can go to, and I'm sure there are places that you could go. So these are real things for adults, but three camps that you could go to. It's not, you know, you don't have to worry about like, oh, this job I would have to say no to. It's all sort of living in this place of like, this is, these are, these are three possible camps where you could go for the summer. Um, What type of camp would that be? Three. Oh my gosh. One would be going to a developing nation to sit down with local 
women and kids especially, but the men as well, to exchange ideas mm. about global commerce and exchange and how they can re-empower themselves through that. Oh my God, love. And how I can learn and get a little more humble, you know, being from the Western world and realize I don't know everything. Mm. Mm. Um, another would be an awesome adventure camp where we can climb and zip line. Yeah. And hella raft. Yeah. And uh, surf and great. kayak and just... Ugh. Great. You know, wear our brains out and eat our faces <laughs> off. That's great. Absolutely. I'm there. Yeah. And then a camp where I could learn how to fly. Oh, for real. Just camp. like me fly. I love it. I love it. I love it. I love it. Okay, yeah. great. With my family. Yeah. With your family. Yeah. Wonderful. Yeah. Wonderful. Wonderful. Okay. So the next one will be um, you have, uh, it's interesting because this kind of ties into the camp idea, but based mm-hmm. on how it ended up working out. But I like this idea of an alternate universe, uh, you, and maybe this is something that's coming in the future. I don't know about your entrepreneurial ship, but th- uh, three businesses, some sort of service or a business, ca- yeah. could be a cafe, could be a shop, could be a service, anything like that. Three alternate universe Jennifer Hale careers. Uh, sustainable design and architecture Love. and development, especially land. Um, I run a nonprofit that takes kids from middle class and upper middle class, uh, areas who don't know what they have, Mm. sends them on a four week odyssey of volunteering where Mm. they have to bring back what they learn and have gotten in their gut and try to communicate it to their peers. Amazing. So that they begin to understand what they have, you know, because it's not getting what you want. It's wanting what you've got, you know? God, I love that. And then another business. Let's see. Um... Buying all the land there is in the world, so it just gets to be land. Oh, God, that's great. <laughs> yeah, that wouldn't make much money, but I'd have a great time. No, listen, I think you would. You, oh boy, it's great. Okay, love it. Um, Got to do the perennial favorite: three foods that uh, you don't necessarily engage with a lot here on Earth in this world for whatever reason, but in in this alternate universe, they are uh, totally healthy and great and fine, and you oh. can have them in a plenty okay uh brownies oh god i love a brownie the darker chocolate the chunkier the chocolate the better yes uh ice cream in any form especially new zealand ice cream Uh, because it's amazing god i don't think i had any when i was there and i'm going back so i gotta get (gasps) back i gotta get into hokey pokey hokey pokey okay omg hokey pokey pokey. okay all right get some of their chocolate okay it's way better than yeah yeah especially like the whitakers are you a dark or a light uh, I used to be light, but now I'm dark. Whitaker's dark peanut slab. Ooh. Oh my God. And coconut rough, but coconut rough doesn't come oh, dark. Okay. But the Whitaker's dark peanut slab. It's like, okay. don't even show it to me. Cause I'll eat the whole stack. <laughs> okay. So that would be the other food. Oh, that's great. That's great. <laughs> New dark. Zealand chocolate. Okay. And Aussie Aussie as well. Chocolate. Yeah. Great, great, yeah. great, great, great. Yeah. Commonwealth um, chocolate. Weird uh, side bit. I don't know if I've oh, ever poutine. told this on the, Oh, Sorry. poutine. <laughs> Oh God! Brownies, ice cream, and New Zealand chocolate. Do you want to swap out for a poutine so no. it's savory? Yeah, you got no. the good ones. Yeah. Uh, I did work my very first job when I moved to San Francisco with no idea or plan what I wanted to do because I was just choosing the place yeah. rather than the work or the or person. Oh, never done was uh, I worked for uh, an Australian import store? Oh my so God! So I sold like Blundstones, Akubras, <gasps> oh. Didgeridoos, Boomerangs, oh. and then Vegemite and like Violet Crumble Marmite. and Marmite. All yeah. the all the like, but yeah. so much Flake Cadbury bars. chocolate. Yeah. Like, so much. I ate so much chocolate. 
I ate so much chocolate. I'm glad I had that job when I did because that was like breakfast, lunch, and dinner. Right, right. Oh my god. Right. Yeah. Uh, yeah. Those. The, yeah. Okay. Uh, okay. Next one will be um, three uh, musicians, singer, songwriter, or band that you could living or dead uh, from any era that you that you got to sing with or that you get to sing with. You Bono. Get to, great. Um. Stevie Ray Vaughan. Great. Um, and the entirety of Led Zeppelin. Great. Great, 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 great. Okay. Uh, this wouldn't be MASH without a question about romance and or hanky-panky. <laughs> Not to be confused with Hokey Pokey ice cream. <laughs> uh, but uh, so all due respect to your wonderful husband. This yes. is an alternate universe situation. Yes. Uh, three people from any place and time could be fictional characters okay. anybody that you had a crush on anything like that could just be for a little hanky panky could be like alternate universe husband whatever you want oh, three gosh i'm more of an alternate alternate universe husband kind of a person got it gosh i don't even know i get so shy that way i'm like i don't, <laughs> don't want to have like a relationship with them i just want to have dinner with them don't oh god who just slays me there's oh timothy oliphant Oh yeah, jeez! Well, yeah. What is that? That's like kryptonite walking around. <laughs> um, uh, who else? Who else do I absolutely dig? Problem is the people who I dig so much, I have such great respect for. It's like I can't even go there. I know. And I well, know that's a, why sometimes I know a couple of them. Play, so that would be weird. Sometimes the character <laughs> they play is the safe like way into that. Right, like, oh, right. I want to be with you know okay. Jeff Bridges' I- character in Tron, right? And like Jeff Bridges. <laughs> oh, Varney. Um, you know what's so funny is I always go, oh, God, I'll just have to end up taking care of them. Um, I don't know. Uh, a couple of Vigo more, like uh, oh, Dude yeah. from Lord yep. of the Rings. Yep. Yeah, Dude from Lord of the Rings. Aragorn. Uh, Aragorn. Great. Um, and I, I don't know. You know, I'm so out of the shopping mode. <laughs> the shopping think, mode. You know? It's no, like, I do. Because a lot of the time know? I go back, look at me. I just I just talked about Jeff Bridges' character from Tron. That's right? a 1980s movie. <laughs> Don't. It's not like I'm right, listing Ryan Gosling. Right, right. I just, God, you know. Um, I don't even know. I can't come up with a third one. Let me think. Let me think. Let me think. Who would be fun to like be in a relationship with? I don't. You know, it's so clear about relationships are. <laughs> I don't know. You know, everyone's got their downside. It's not going to be perfect with anyone. Like, what could I live with? Whose weird moods could I live with? Did you have someone that when you were younger you were like, oh, I just couldn't get enough of blah blah blah? No, I was such an island. Hmm. Um. I'll go with Bono again. Did yeah, that's great. Him? Just because he's interesting and he's smart. And this gives you the chance to maybe really get cool him twice. Finally get into the UN. Yeah, there you go. That would make me Finally. Happy. All right, listen, let me tell you something. It's three yes. o'clock right now. Oh, now, yes. Now, you got to go. So here, I don't know why I'm making you tell me this online, yes. but here's the thing. I can, <laughs> we can, I can let you go. I can do my MASH calculations and announce what they are at the end of the podcast and just like email you with Alyssa, you know, I hear. or I could jam them out. How long does it take? I mean, I just now that I there's two more categories, but the thing is that I feel like we all I already have two things that you got from the last time we played this, and I okay, saved let's it, do it. so I can just announce those. So I'm going to calculate. So tell me when to stop. Okay, 
Go now. Okay. A few more minutes. All right. Here we go. Pausing, coming back with your 100% guaranteed match okay, feature. Okay. 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 This is great. I'm because like this way I can, because some of these are very difficult for me to remember like what it was that was the thing that got us in here. Yeah. But I definitely know, um, I can remember a couple of these that I can apply to this. So first okay. I'll start with what we did today. Okay. I want, well, actually I'm going to, I'm going to do a combination because I didn't ask you this time what, where your vacation home would be. I gave you three. But the last time we did yes. this, I did ask that, and you said, among other things, New Zealand, which oh. you got. Okay. So you have a mansion in New Zealand. <laughs> okay. This makes sense because you also have unlimited supply of, and what turns out to be, in fact, vitamins for you, <laughs> New Zealand chocolate. <laughs> So it's right there. Totally makes sense. Awesome. Uh, I want to uh, also reassure you that um, uh, you have, uh, I also did last time, what's a skill that you wake up tomorrow and you are even better at? You're like the best version of and you you got rock climbing. (gasps) So I see some rock climbing in New Zealand happening. Oh my gosh. Uh, I also want to reassure you that you uh, get to go to an adventure camp. So you're going to do all of that stuff as well. Yay, if you want wait. to take a little break from that, you can go into the uh, sweet and gentle world of the wind in the willows, which is very interesting <laughs> with beautiful little houses that animals live inside, which I, I love. love. If you want to uh, flex your singing muscles, yes. rest assured that you have sung and will sing with Stevie Ray Vaughan. Oh, oh awesome. But yes, you also are married to Bono. <laughs> So that immediately tells me that you also are singing with him. What are you not going <laughs> to no, sing with him? Of course you guys are going to sing with him in the shower and out, if you know what I mean. And then finally, <laughs> I want unseen. to say that I am so excited about yes. your alternate universe career, which I hope comes to fruition somehow in this one, yes. which is that you have the, uh, the organization that takes these kids over shows them what they don't have, what yes. they do, and takes them back and spreads that word and yes. creates more global harmony. I Yay. think that is so fantastic. Yay. It's such a great representation of who you are. Aww. And uh, I want to thank you so much for doing thank the podcast. You. You're such an inspiration. Oh my God. This uh, is amazing. You're in a million things. A- <laughs> IMDb, uh, you already, listen, you already know who she is, even if you don't know who she is. You're going to be like, that character? Huh? Um, but you're on Twitter at Jen. At J Hale Tweets. At J, at J Hale Tweets. Yep. That was almost a tongue twister for me. <laughs> at JDL tweets and um and thank you so oh my so, god so thank much. you so much this is the best you. i think so we should erase it you. and do it again all right let's erase <laughs> it let's erase it oh god no 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 As always, the JV Club theme song is Back Before We Were Brittle by the amazing Say Hi. Now leaving nerdist.com. What? <laughs>